And welcome on in to the Zach Gelb Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Ryan Hickey in for Zach on this Thursday. A happy Thursday to you. Welcome on in. Appreciate you joining us right here. Wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening, Sirius XM Channel 158, great affiliate across this beautiful country, free Odyssey app. We thank you. We welcome you to the Zach Gelb Show right here. Ryan Hickey filling on in. If you have missed any part of the show, want to circle back, great, easy way to do so, and that is this. Check out Hick at Night podcast page. That is my personal podcast page where every single show I host, either on In for Zach or my normal 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Saturday morning show, every single minute, every single second we are on the air is put on that podcast page, Hick at Night Nick Theodoro, producing the show, does a great job putting that up there for you. So if you miss anything tonight, you're about to leave us in a few minutes and want to keep on listening, best way to get caught up at your convenience. All right, that's what all about in 2023, uh, 2023 it's all about really is, is listening when you want to listen. Best and easiest way to do so is by subscribing to the Hick at Night podcast wherever you do get your podcasts. Very excited about that. All right, let's talk some facts here. We know who Kirk Cousins is, right? He's a really good regular season quarterback, but can't get it done in the playoffs. Always leaves you wanting more anytime he plays in a postseason game for how good he is in the regular season. It is underwhelming and disappointing. He has only one playoff victory to his name. So he is not someone we would call elite. I would say he's a back end of the top 10 quarterback, but nowhere near elite. So that means... Right, just by definition, you can do better than Kirk Cousins. There are limited, but quarterbacks out there you could upgrade uh, if you're the Vikings with over Kirk. But there's way more quarterbacks. 10, 11, 12 times more quarterbacks out there that you could do way worse with compared to Kirk Cousins. So small upgrades available, large gap in terms of how bad you can do if you do move off of Kirk Cousins, which is why if you are the Minnesota Vikings, you got to re-sign Kirk Cousins. I would do it now. I would re-sign Kirk Cousins to make sure I'm not doing what the Las Vegas Raiders did a few months ago. The Las Vegas Raiders, after last season, had it in their mind, they are done with Derek Carr. We are done. He's not our quarterback. We are moving off from Derek Carr. They were so excited to move off of Carr, they cut him. They cut him. Didn't get anything back for him. We rather you, we rather you give, uh, we rather give you away for free than hold on to you. Maybe get something back in return, but oh, worst case scenario, we get nothing. We're gonna have to keep you. They said, we do not want to do that. Could not wait to give Carr away. And guess what happened to the Raiders? They thought they were upgrading. They thought Derek Carr ain't it. We'll get an upgrade. And just like Cousins, they realized. Yeah, you can absolutely do better than Carr or Cousins. But the likelihood of doing so is very slim. And the likelihood of you doing worse than either quarterback, very high. Very high, and that's what the Raiders did. They panicked, they looked around, realized there was no one here we could bring in right now that is better than what we had before. So we're going to sign the closest thing to him, Jimmy G. I think Derek Carr's a little bit better than Jimmy G, but health-wise... 
car is way more reliable than Garoppolo. So you downgrade there in terms of getting a quarterback that you can't even feel great about him staying healthy for 17 games, let alone giving you a chance and elevating this team more than Carr could to get him to the playoffs and even more than that. So the Raiders couldn't wait to get rid of Carr and had no plan whatsoever. If you're the Vikings, you cannot commit that same mistake, which is why I would sign Cousins because there's very little upgrades and realistically no available upgrades. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, all upgrades right over Kirk Cousins. No chance you're getting them. No chance. Lamar Jackson, that was maybe your best opportunity. He just re-signed in Baltimore. There's no quarterback out there right now that you could go acquire that's going to be an upgrade over what you got. Which is why if I'm Minnesota, I wouldn't take the risk. I would lock up Kirk now, and I make sure that I'm not sitting there just like the Raiders were a few months ago looking around going, holy bleep. We got a roster with Devontae Adams. We got a roster, I know he's disgruntled, but Josh Jacobs. We added guys on offense to try to be, you know, competitive and make a playoff push. And now we're sitting here quarterbackless. Minnesota's in the same position. You got Justin Jefferson. You drafted Jordan Addison. You got KJ Osborne. You got a lot of talent. TJ Hawkinson. You have talent on offense. Don't push Cousins away and run away. And then all of a sudden look around and go, holy cow, we got nothing else. We are downgrading. And that's why I don't really understand the comments coming from Minnesota this week. Minnesota owner Mark Wilf was talking with the media, and he was asked, hey, would you consider giving Cousins an extension? Here's Minnesota Vikings owner Mark Wilf's response to that. We'll leave that to Kwesi and Coach to work through those discussions. There's always conversations on that, but our real focus is 100% on 2023 and uh, getting where we need to be and where I know we can be. Pretty noncommittal there, huh? Pretty deflective. PR 101 and how not to answer a question. I'll leave that to the football guys. I'll let our GM, I'll let our head coach decide that question as our quarterback is going into the last year of his contract and the most important position in the NFL could be a question mark with a playoff caliber roster coming off a 13-win season this time next year. Now what you want to hear? Now what we should be hearing. So I'll ask Mark this question. Where are you going? If you're ready to run away from Kirk, if you're non-committal on bringing him back, where is the upgrade? Where are you going to get a better quarterback that's going to elevate this team more than Cousins can? Dak upgrade? We just had a caller before talking about pressure, and he thinks that the Cowboys could trade Dak Prescott if the Cowboys underachieve this year. If that's the case, if he's right, if he is right and Dak is actually on the block, Jerry said, enough of it. I'm sick of Dak. we got to move on from him. Dak is not an upgrade over Kirk. The same quarterback. I would still take Kirk. I think he's better and more consistent. But both don't show up in the playoffs. Both don't elevate your team when you need them to. That's not a that's not an upgrade. Kyler Murray, that's a guy I think that will be on the block realistically. I think the Cardinals are going to be very bad this year. I think you're going to see them move off Kyler and draft most likely Caleb Williams. Is Kyler Murray now all of a sudden going to be a guy that's going to lift this Vikings team to the heights that they believe they can make, which is the Super Bowl? No. Kyler Murray, super inconsistent. Guy who's, you look at his stats, look at the second half of every single year Kyler Murray has played. 
This is a guy who is the king of getting off to hot starts and fizzling out fast. He plays his worst football after Thanksgiving. At least Kirk plays his worst football in the playoffs in January. At least he'll still give you good football around Thanksgiving and into Christmas. Maybe a little bit on New Year's Eve, too. He'll give you that. It's when the calendar flips to the postseason that he struggles and can't get over the hump. Kyler Murray, whew, Thanksgiving dinner comes and he checks out. He plays like he had a giant feast and just is in a food coma the rest of the season. That guy stinks in the second half of the year, and he's in his one playoff game is awful. So Kyler Murray is absolutely not an upgrade. Mac Jones? Ryan Tannehill? Jimmy Garoppolo? Sam Darnold? These are the pool of candidates the Vikings will be looking at next year. Any of those jump out of you that scream, upgrade? Yes, we need him. I'll save you the time and energy. No. Absolutely not. And if you think they're getting Caleb Williams, you think they're getting Drake May, good luck. They won't be 13-4. and four. I still, you know, I do see a regression coming. When you win 11 one-score games the way they did last year, that always evens itself out. So I don't think we're going to see another 13-win or even built off of that 14- or 15-win team for the Vikings this year. But I don't see them going in the tank and winning four or five games. This, to me, is still a playoff team. Could be nine and eight or ten and seven. That's still a playoff team in 2023, which means you are nowhere close to getting a quarterback that can change your fortunes around anytime soon. So I don't see the upgrade. There is no upgrade. Every quarterback we just talked about is a downgrade. Every quarterback the Vikings realistically could acquire is a downgrade compared to what they currently have in Kirk Cousins, which is why, even though the owner just said before, yeah, we'll see. Basically, play it by year. We'll allow our GM, allow our head coach to make some sort of decisions. If I'm Minnesota, I'm doing exactly what I have done the last few years. Give Kirk a one-year extension. Make sure this is not a lame duck season. Lock him up now because the realization should set in, the reality should set in, is that you will most likely, if you move off of Kirk, are doing way worse. Downgrading. Compared to upgrading. And when you have a roster set and ready to compete right now, especially on offense, you cannot be downgrading. You cannot give Justin Jefferson a reason to want, you know, want uh, or demand a trade. You cannot, you know, waste right now the young offensive talent they have on this team by giving them Sam Darnold or Kyler Murray next year. Kirk is the answer for Minnesota. Yes, we know what he is. He's a guy that always leaves you wanting more when it comes to playoff performance. But he is really damn good in the regular season. And that's a guy that, even though has faults, is not elite. We know who he is. He's a guy that there's very few upgrades for. And those seven, eight, nine quarterbacks, those guys that are are in that elite to really good category um, above Cousins, they're not attainable. They're not acquirable. The Jaguars are not trading Trevor Lawrence. The Chargers are not giving you Justin Herbert. So all the quarterbacks that are better than Kirk, you can't get. Everyone else you can get is way worse. Which is why if you're in Minnesota, you lock Kirk up now. Going to his final year of his deal, you don't even risk getting into the offseason after this upcoming year. 
for the quarterback question. You make sure, Kirk, at least in the short term, 2023-2024, bare minimum, is on your roster, is your guy. We know who he is, but in doing so, we also know there is no upgrades available that are realistic. All you can do if you are Minnesota is downgrade. That's why you lock up Kirk now because you can't afford to do what the Las Vegas Raiders did. And moving off a solid quarterback in Derek Carr, but having no backup plan and now relying on a guy in Jimmy Garoppolo to elevate your team in a way Derek Carr could not and ask Jimmy Garoppolo to do something he's never done before. That is not how it's done. If you're Minnesota, learn from the Raiders' mistake. Lock Kirk up now. I'm curious your thoughts. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Look, I know what Kirk Cousins is. You know what Kirk Cousins is. You can do better. But realistically, how are you doing better? If you're in Minnesota, are you with me here? Would you feel comfortable if you were a Vikings fan? If Kirk Cousins was your quarterback, would you lock him up? Would you make sure he's going nowhere fast so that he's at least, you know, you have a competent playoff caliber quarterback on your roster for the next few years? Or are you risking it? Are you risking someone gets disgruntled and wants to leave? Are you risking that all of a sudden a team maybe gets fed up and they want to trade a quarterback that we otherwise thought no chance happening? Very slight chance. But are you taking that small risk of an upgrade? Or are you saying, you know what? Let's stick with what we got because right now, for the most part, all we can do is downgrade. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. We'll get into that. And also, when we do return here, it's been a brutal week. Brutal week for um, the Washington Commanders and specifically Ron Rivera. What we heard from Riverboat Ron the last few days has led me to draw one conclusion and one conclusion only. I don't think Ron Rivera is making it through this season. I think he's going to be fired before the season ends. I'll tell you why when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Zach Gelb Show. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb here on CBS Sports Radio. I have a question for you, Nick. An athletic question for you. I, I love these sort of things here, so I'm, I'm curious which way you would answer, because I think for me it's easy. All my friends call me an idiot, so I want to see what you think first before I give you my answer. They're not wrong. Dylan Deathier put on Twitter, a golf reporter, he tweeted and asked this question. If you were randomly dropped into a pro sporting event with your entire country's hopes and dreams on the line, would you most want to attempt what? One of four. You have four options here. Choose one that you think you easily get the most. A free throw. One free throw or the world is over. You had to make it. A penalty kick. 25-yard field goal. Six-foot putt. Those are your four options. The world is on the line. You get to choose one and you got to make it. Six-foot putt. 25-yard field goal, penalty kick, or free throw? I think I could do the six-foot putt. It shouldn't be that hard. You could putt under pressure? Yeah. Do you play golf? No. (laughs) You're serious. You would choose a six-foot putt? Yeah, I'm thinking of it as like mini golf. Like, it can't be that hard. You know, it's just a six-foot putt. I'm definitely not making a 25-yard field goal. I would agree. I'm not. Maybe I can make a free throw, but, you know, that's going to be tough. And uh, what was the third one? Penalty kick. Uh, penalty kick. 
a kick, uh, I doubt it. Because, uh, I mean, if you pick the right direction, it's all a mind game, honestly, with the penalty kick. Like, if uh, the goalie's thinking you're going to go right and you go left, you might have a shot. So that's a 50-50 shot. So I don't know. I'm, I, I think I would say the putt, but uh, second would be uh, the field goal. I mean, um, penalty kick. I said easily penalty kick. And all my friends called me an idiot. Or all my friends called, yeah, they called me an idiot. They said one said, well, you're not going to hit that. Two, the other said that, why would you pick the only thing that someone could stop you in? Which I get it. It's not just I have to have a good kick. It's also I have to have a good kick, like you said, in the right direction. I think that's the easiest. A free throw, like, a free throw sounds easy. In an empty gym with no one else around, sure, I could probably hit a free throw with the world on the line. But you have all that pressure on you, I'm not making a free throw. I would mentally break, I think. Yeah, 25-yard field goal is tough. Field goals, they seem like gimmies. They're not that easy. And um, a six-foot putt, I think I would get my own head. I was just golfing on Saturday. I had a few putts in that range. I'm just going for like a par here. I am putting for just a personal pride of a par, and I'm missing these putts. If the world is on the line and me needing to drain a six-foot birdie, no chance. I'm telling you right now, no chance. Soccer, I feel like, is the easiest one. You kick it. The goal is wide enough where it's pretty hard to miss the goal. And again, like you said, mind games, I would feel pretty confident that the goalie would not guess the direction. I'd probably go, not to blow my cover here, but I'd probably go right down the middle. <laughs> you think, am I your guess? If you're the goalie, put yourself in the goalie's shoes, you're probably thinking left or right. This guy's going to go top left corner, top right corner, right down the middle. Yeah, but I don't know. At the speed you're kicking, which wouldn't be that fast. And we're talking like a professional goalies guarding this. I don't know. I mean, this is this or, is where or, you get too complicated. This is where I get you. You get too deep in the weeds here. Or are we talking about your friend? We're just so, making. You got hit a penalty kick with a an average Joe playing. I don't know. Goalie. If it's an average Joe, all right, maybe try down the middle, because the average Joe would probably think like you're thinking. Like he's probably gonna right away, or or you could fake him out if you're uh, able to do that. Act like you're kicking left, and then end up kicking right. If uh, you're able All to right, do so that. so this is getting too much. I'm going the penalty kick. You're taking the putt? Yeah, I would still say putt because it doesn't tell you, seem that hard. If the world is on your putting stroke, I'm already dead. We are all <laughs> dead. So I hope this made I mean, I've played mini golf. I've never played like. Never you know, comes real, to fruition. I've never played uh, real golf, but mini golf, I'm pretty good. The so fact that you would choose I, I something that you've definitely... never really done is also concerning. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit. Oh, my God. So, folks, if the world is in Nick Theodora's hands, I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert, we are all dead. We I are mean, all dead. That goes Tell your saying. loved ones you love them. Cross them off your bucket list now because if the aliens come in and they say, Nick, the world lives or dies on you making a six-foot putt, spoiler alert, it's I over. think out of all those options that you named, we're, we're all screwed. Story's we're, over. We're, we're all screwed regardless of any one of those that you picked. I feel good about the penalty shot. Have you ever tried uh, to make a field goal? Yeah. And successfully? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can, I think I can. Like, I wouldn't do it the world on the line. I think I can make a 20. I've made 25-yard field goals. It's like, if you think about it, with the end zone, it's at the 15-yard line. It's not that far. Yeah. But still, again, so I'm not a kicker. That's, that's pretty tough. That's still tough. That is still, still tough. All right. You know what's also tough is honestly looking with what's going on with the commanders right now. 
Um, this week was especially just brutal. Nothing's happened in the NFL yet in terms of preseason games. We got our first, you know, true preseason weekend starting right now underway with the Texans and Patriots. We are not even at the first preseason game yet. And that guy could tell you that Ron Rivera is going to be the first coach fired in the NFL. He is not making it through the season. And the biggest reason is he's got no control of the team. He has no control of this team. And you know why I came up with this conclusion? Ron Rivera basically told me so himself. I want to play it going back to Tuesday really fast here. What started this entire firestorm coming out of Washington? In case you missed it, or just need a quick refresher here. Ron Rivera on Tuesday was asked about if some players are complaining about Eric Bieniemy's coaching style. Here's how the head coach of the Commanders answered that question. Yeah, I mean, they have. And I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know. And I think as they go and they talk and they listen to him, it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. Again, you get a different kind of player from, from the players back in the past. Um, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Did you listen to that? I want to, if we can, Nick, play it one more time. I want you to listen to it very closely. Ron Rivera said a lot of words. If you can, notice what he did not say when, again, asked if his newly hired offensive coordinator is being too hard on some of the younger players on offense? Yeah, I mean, they have. And I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know? And I think as they go and they talk and they listen to him, it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. Again, you get a different kind of player from, from the players back in the past, um, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain, certain things. Nowhere in those 20 seconds... Did Ron Rivera make any sort of strong defense of Eric Bieniemy? That's absurd. That's ridiculous. He hired Eric Bieniemy to change his offense around. In changing the offense around, new strategies, new techniques, new practice styles are going to be brought in. And nowhere in those 20 seconds did Ron Rivera dismiss complaints from his own players. Nowhere did he say how ridiculous the complaints are. Nowhere did he say, I stand by Eric Bieniemy. His coaching style is no big deal. This is what we need. This is what, you know, this, uh, this offense is how we get better. He did nothing to stand up to a coach he just hired. And even just flat out acknowledging that the complaints are out there, I think is in a way almost trying to, you know, it brings a problem in and of itself. Because if he thought these complaints were ridiculous, I think he would have squashed it right away, would have made sure the players understand they're in the wrong and made sure this never came to light. Instead, he brings it to light and then does nothing to really say that players are in the wrong. How can you have that happen? How can you almost, in a way, by not defending your offense coordinator, take the side of the players that are complaining that Eric Bieniemy's coaching style is, is different, is too tough on him? Do you know how bad the offense... Ron Rivera started. He's there for three years in, in Washington. This offense has stunk. He should be welcoming change. Welcoming a guy coming over from the, uh, from the Chiefs that had a lot of offensive success. If guys are complaining about how difficult it is, that should be a good thing because the standard... or the, I should say the status quo in Washington in years past has been horrendous. 
You look at the three years Rivera's been in Washington. Points per game average in terms of the NFL. They have ranked in Rivera's first year in 2020. They were 24th in points per game. In 2021, they were 23rd. And in 2022, 24th. They are in the bottom third of the league in terms of points per game. Each of the three years, Ron Rivera has been in Washington. The status quo ain't working. Doing the same old, same old is not how you're going to get better. You need change. And I don't understand how all of a sudden now that guys are complaining about the change, why he's, and again, in a way, by not taking a strong stance on Eric Bieniemy's side, almost in a way enabling a lot of these complaints that come to the surface. Makes no sense. He's lost control of the team. And I hate to say it, it's why I think Ron Rivera is going to be fired before the year ends. I just don't see it this, this week already before we even get to a preseason game. Like this is, again, in training camp, when you're just going to get your own guys, this should be the most optimistic and positive part of the season for almost every single team, but especially for teams where expectations are not very high. I know one's saying the commanders are going to the playoffs. People are curious about Sam Howell, what he can do, but there's not big proclamations. There's not big expectations for what this team can accomplish. So when you've done no wrong so far, right, when you haven't played a game, when outside of fans at practice, not a lot of people have seen a lot of how the offense is looking so far, there's only reasons to be positive. And so already negative stories coming to light about players complaining, you acknowledging players complaining, not, again, taking a strong stance towards your offense coordinator backing up, even the, in the apology. The next day, offering this apology, and again, not taking any sort of strong stance, almost just brings credence to what the players are saying. Here's the next day, Ron Rivera on Wednesday, the day after he kind of causes firestorm by admitting that players are complaining about the coaching style of Eric Bieniemy. Here is Ron Rivera's attempted apology. You know, I realized my comments yesterday took on a different life than I intended yesterday. And that's on me for not being as clear as I needed to be. I'll own that. At the end of the day, we know that we're trying to build here and we're all aligned. As I've said many times since I've hired Eric, I love the overall message that he gave to the team his first day. And that was basically, we got to learn to be comfortable when we're uncomfortable. Again, nothing where these complaints are ridiculous. I have the back of my OC. These changes are necessary. Just apology, uh, apologizing for creating a story instead of squashing it right away and again, not kind of coming to the defense of Eric Bieniemy. That to me is troubling. That to me is, is problematic. And that's why I think if you're the commanders right now, a new ownership, I don't see the season going very well. And I don't see Ron Rivera making it through the entire uh, entire season here in 2023. All right, it is Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gallup right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we do return, we do have a news brief, including frustration already for one of the best players on the Raiders. We'll tell you what he's frustrated about in training camp. But we do return again. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Zach Gelb Show. Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gelb right here on CBS Sports Radio. The first preseason weekend is underway in New England. Texans, Patriots. CJ Shroud got the start for Houston. Not exactly the most memorable debut uh, for the number two overall pick. Did throw an interception on his first drive. 
Um, not exactly great, but went two of four, 13 yards. Again, with that one pick, sacked also one time. Not the best opening debut for C.J. Stroud. Also, again, not exactly the uh, easiest assignment plan against Bill Belichick uh, for your first career NFL action. Uh, Bailey Zappi got the start for the Patriots, so no Mac Jones in this game. Texans up 7-3 here in the third quarter. All the backups now at this point are in. So anyone of note, anyone of, of meaning that you would care about out of this ball game, but that does kick off the first official full weekend of preseason in the NFL. We are one month away from the first official Sunday. We are getting closer, baby. We are getting, getting closer. All right, even though Zach is not here, you know the drill by now. The show still remains the same. It is time for... A news brief. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. I was always indifferent on Rory McIlroy as a golfer. I'm a Brooks Kepka fan. Um, I don't really have a lot of favorite golfers, to be honest. I wrote a root for Brooks. He's really the only guy that I truly each and every week will root for. Um, so Rory was always indifferent for, and I kind of honestly always maybe root against him just because a lot of people always wanted to see Rory once he kind of, you know, went and got hot, not won a, a major since 2014. People always now expect in the last few years, oh, this is the major that Rory's going to win and kind of get his career back. I know everyone keeps on saying that, so it's kind of led me to root against Rory. But I will say this last year, especially taking on the, the live golf stance as strong as he has, Rory's become one of my most favorite people. And it's because he just does not give a you-know-what, including today. So he's at, you know, the FedEx Cup playoffs are kicking off this weekend at the FedEx St. Jude Championship. So Rory McIlroy, because you know he's not one to shy away about anyone on Live Golf, was asked today about the report, uh, or I guess the excerpt is, is how I should frame it, from Billy Walter's new book, Gambler, that claims that Phil Mickelson not only has bet a combined billion, that's right, billion with a B, billion dollars on sports, you know, bet a billion dollars on sports over a 30-year period. He also claims that Phil tried back in 2012 to bet $400,000 on the Ryder Cup that eventually the U.S. did lose. So Roy McElroy today was as his reaction to those bombshell reports. And here, this is a doozy. Here's Rory's answer. I mean, at least he can bet on the Ryder Cup this year because he won't be a part of it. So, <laughs> Rory's the best. He goes places where I, I think, honestly, no other golfer is going to go. I respect that so much because how many people are just saying, eh, you know, sorry to hear it. You know, Phil's doing him. I'm worried about me. He, when people are going low, he gets lower. I love that. Send the dig to Phil. Enjoy the Ryder Cup from the couch, baby. Bet on that. Boy, Rory has, he has truly transformed. It's a good thing to see. And I wish more athletes were honest. Now, going back to Sean Payton's comments a few weeks ago that he made about Nathaniel Hackett having one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen, I applaud Sean Payton for those comments. I want to hear more coaches and players be honest. It's what we truly crave. So anyone, honestly, that is criticizing Sean Payton for those comments and saying he shouldn't have said them, I think we're being phonies. We want to hear coaches talk like that because otherwise no one wants to hear more coach speak nobody wants to hear oh you know I got to go watch the tape what happened today coach oh you know they were just better than us tip the cap they were great 
No, I want to hear, we sucked. They got lucky. The refs screwed us. I know the refs, you know, some people are, are not trying to attack the refs, but you get my point. Most of the time, it's coach speak. No one actually gives you how they actually feel because no one wants to give bullet to bull material. I respect Sean Payton for not giving a, a care in the world about Nathaniel Hackett's feelings. And I respect Roy McElroy for feeling the same about Phil. Say what's in your heart. I will applaud it every single time. Props to Roy for just truly going low here and holding nothing back when it comes to someone he has fought publicly against for a while. That is not only Phil Mickelson, but also Liv Golf as well. Alrighty, Jets Panthers joined practices this week down in Carolina in preparation for their uh, preseason game number one. And Aaron Rodgers had a chance to meet and talk with Bryce Young. He talked about what he sees from the number one overall pick. I like the kid a lot. Uh, we have uh, uh, we share an agent, so I've known about him for a long time. Uh, I love watching him in college. I like his demeanor. I like his movement. I like the way he throws. So I think uh, Carolina's in good hands. Unfortunately, I agree with Rodgers. As a Colts fan, I'll tell you this right now. I wanted Bryce Young in the worst way. And I was convinced when the Texans beat the Colts in week 18 to lose out in the number one pick and it went to the Bears, I thought for sure, guarantee, lock it up, the Colts are making the trade to go to number one and they're getting Bryce Young. I think any of this talk of his height being a problem is foolish. It's a waste of oxygen. He is going to be great. He's truly going to be a great NFL quarterback. Aaron Rodgers knows what a great NFL quarterback looks like. I trust that he can identify one that's not him. Um, And Bryce Young, literally outside of being your preferred height, does everything great. Vision, pocket awareness, arm strength, accuracy, decision-making. He's truly a coach on the field. He does everything exactly the way you would dream up to be a quarterback outside of his frame. I don't think he's too short or too small to play quarterback or play in the NFL. I think he's going to have a lot of success in Carolina under Frank Reich. So this is interesting. So I'm assuming most of you listening have watched Hard Knocks. And I'm assuming most of you have watched Hard Knocks on your TV. Maybe you stream it on your laptop, on your phone. Well, Jets defensive back DJ Reed, he had an interesting way how he watched the first episode of Hard Knocks. Take a listen. I don't have HBO, so I had my girl download it. She did all of it, and she was just FaceTiming me because I was in a hotel. I was in a hotel, yeah. We just got Netflix on the TV, so so she was just FaceTiming me, and when her hands started getting tired, I'm like, whoa, 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 like, like straight, straighten the camera back up. But like, so I watched it like that, but it was cool though. Like, I was like, dang, they did a good job. But I gotta probably rewatch it because, yeah, I didn't get everything. Sometimes she was pausing it because she wanted to text or, you know, be on her phone. So like, I gotta like sit down and really watch it though. DJ Reed doesn't have HBO. DJ Reed signed a contract with the Jets for $33 million. I listen, I'm the first one to rail against streaming. I think there's way too many streaming apps. I think eventually streaming is going to implode and everyone keeps talking about how streaming is the future. I say nonsense because pretty soon when you have 15 different streaming devices, you're going to get priced out and we're going to wish we went back to the days of everything bundled together on TV and having everything in one place. I'm still a, a cable subscriber. I am not going to unsubscribe from, uh, subscribe from cable. In part, it's a mini protest of all these stupid apps that are eight bucks a month and they add up quickly. But I'm also not making $33 million. 
I'm also not an NFL player. DJ Reed really either can't get an HBO subscription, which is now Max, which is even stupider. But he can't. He doesn't have anyone else he knows where he can borrow a login. No one else is password sharing. This is a Netflix. They're not cracking down on that. Hopefully no one in Max is listening because please do not do that. But no, no one can share a password, Nick, with DJ Reed. Yeah, that's crazy. But it, I was a little confused because he said that he didn't have it. But then he was like, he told his girlfriend to download it or whatever. So maybe they did have an account. And then they set it up. But Yeah, you're right. How know. did she watch it? Yeah, so maybe they do have an account. Maybe he just meant like he didn't have it. And then he needed her to log in for him. Download the app himself on his or, phone? I don't know. Or maybe they download the app and then use it, use like another friend's login or something. I mean, even if you don't want to have Max, just get it for a month and cancel just to watch yourself on the screen. Yeah, you could even get the free trial. It's crazy. Sheesh, DJ, Reed, let's step your game up, man. Yeah, like I'm over here struggling. I could barely afford any of my streaming services, but I'm You're making, not making 30, thirty-three million dollars. I'm definitely not making thirty-three. With million almost a ten million dollars, I'm barely signing making bonus. thirty-three thousand. Oh, boy. <laughs> DJ Reed, come on, man. Get better friends. Honestly, at this point, just get forget about yourself. Get better friends that will share a password with you. Sheesh. Max Crosby. Already, this should be the chipper time of, of training camp in terms of no one's lost a game yet, right? So it's impossible to have a lot of negative press. Still didn't stop Max Crosby from already being pissed off. Take a listen today from earlier at Raiders training camp. You know, for me, I just I worry about the day. You know, I'm worried about getting better today, and then tomorrow when it gets here, I'm worried about that. You know, every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year-round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit, and uh, I want to keep winning, and I want to get back to the playoffs. I want to be in Cincinnati on the road, you know, in a hostile environment. That's why I play the game. That's why I work the way I work. You know, I come here, and I do, you know, I do this all year, and... Like I said, I want to win championships. I want to be at the top of the game. I want to be the number one guy, regardless of position. Um, and I work for that every single day. So, yeah, you know, I'm fired up for this organization. I love all the people in here, and I'm, I'm really just trying to, um, you know, be my best version of myself and lead, you know, lead by example. You know what that sounds like to me, Nick? That sounds like someone who realizes reality setting in. This team is going to stink. This team is not a playoff team. They thought they were bad last year and struggled. It's going to be worse this year. Not three and fourteen, not two and fifteen, bad, but seven and nine, six and ten, nowhere near the playoffs. I think already you're starting to hear Max Crosby kind of realize what's in front of him. Look, Josh McDaniels is a bad coach. He is an awful coach. I would argue right now with Nathaniel Hackett being fired, he's the worst coach in the NFL. And now you go from. Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo, not an upgrade, especially with all the injury concerns from Jimmy G. You have Josh Jacobs holding out. You got rid of Darren Waller. You still have Devonta Adams. Yes, but that defense is not very good whatsoever. This is going to be another ugly year for, for Las Vegas. And I just wonder now, if you're Mark Davis, what is – like, he should have he fired – Mark Davis should have fired Josh Daniels last year. When you lose to Jeff Saturday, and then a few weeks later, Baker Mayfield making his Rams debut, getting signed – 48 hours before the game and playing a majority of that game and you lose, you do not deserve a second year. Especially when the last time we saw you as a head coach, you were the Denver Broncos and that was an absolute and utter failure. This is going to be an ugly, ugly season for the Raiders and I think Max Crosby already can kind of sense it's coming. All right, when we return here, a lot of college football realignment is going on. 
With all these teams changing conferences, should the college world playoff set to expand to 12 teams next year? Should it shrink? We'll discuss next. It's Ryan Hickey in for Zach Gill on CBS Sports Radio.